Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. I'm Jesse Thorne. When Anna Conkle decided to play herself at 13, she thought she knew what to expect. She's like 30-ish, by the way. Anna and her friend Maya Erskine were making a show about middle school. It's called Pen 15. It's set in the year 2000, when they were both about that age. Anyway, like I said, Anna knew what she wanted out of the part. She put on braces and lip gloss, and she found a bewitched shirt. She knew it would be funny, but she didn't want it to be corny. Middle school is actually very scary. You're terrified of not fitting in, of being too weird. Nobody really knows what they're doing in middle school, and you are deeply, deeply insecure. What she didn't expect about the whole thing was how easily all of that came back. I think that something that I continue to rediscover is how not far away from that I feel now at 31 and how I get better at faking it, essentially. I know, you know, if I slouch too much in the wrong place, like I'm going to look more insecure or I'm going to look as insecure as I feel or whatever. And and I think by the I was really afraid of playing 13 because of it being inauthentic and feeling like a big sketch and being silly and blah, 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 and not wanting it to go that route. But by the end of going like, oh, I right or wrong, this feels very close to who I am now. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. It's bullseye. Coming up, Anna and Maya tell me about their new show, Pen15, how they mine stories from their own lives to make it, and why they cast Richard Kahn, Al from Home Improvement. He had a... There was an essence there that reminded us of my real dad. Yeah, exactly. Plus, true stories from Maya and Anna's actual teenage years. Totally bonkers ones. (laughs) And then someone else told me they were going to kill me. (gasps) (laughs) They were going to kill me. They were going to kill me. You come to prom, you better bring a grave because you're going to die. That's all coming up on Bullseye. Let's go. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Pen15, the new series on Hulu, is a show about middle school. Or I guess maybe this is more accurate. It's about the middle school experience that you might have actually had. There's period stuff, for starters. The show is set in the year 2000, and there is plenty of InSync and Lit and Mandy Moore and BB Tanks and Rough Riders t-shirts and UFO pants. But Pen15 digs deeper into what it means to be 12 or 13, a time in your life when a lot of kids are very, very insecure, asking themselves questions like, why is my body changing? Or why isn't my body changing? Or why don't I have more friends? Or, you know, just how am I supposed to talk to people? It's a show about kids that definitely isn't for kids. Sex and menstruation come up a bit. We'll talk about that in the interview as well. I talked with Anna Conkle and Maya Erskine. They're the creators and stars of Pen15, which is streaming right now on Hulu. And it is a brilliant show, hilarious and weird and gross. And like I said, it's brutally honest about that part of our lives. Maya and Anna are real-life best friends, and on Pen15, they play middle school-aged versions of themselves. Maya has a horrible bowl cut administered by her mother. Anna has braces. 
they're starting seventh grade at the beginning of the show, and, you know, sixth grade wasn't great, but they have a pretty good feeling. This year is going to be different. I'm going to ask you something, and I want you to tell me the truth. Swear on your life. Swear. Do I look exactly the same as last year? Oh, my God. I won't be mad. Oh tell me God, the truth. Not I won't all. be mad. Are you kidding me? Really? Promise. What are you going to wear tomorrow? I'm thinking, like, my blue shirt with um the stripes. Oh, my God. So cute. But, like, I'm also thinking of wearing a bra. Oh, my God. That's, like, really smart. You need it for your nipples. Yeah. I feel like we should make a pact. So, let's, like... Let's, like, do everything together. Yeah, no duh. Like, all our first together, like, our first kiss. Obviously. Yeah, no duh. Deal. Oh, my God! Seventh grade is going to be so amazing. It's going to be really, really good. It's going to be, like, the best year of our lives. Shuji! Get off AOL! <laughs> Maya Erskine, Anna Conkle, welcome to Bullseye. It's great to have you guys on the show. So great, thanks to be for having here. us. And congratulations <laughs> on this on this awesome TV show that you're making. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I kind of feel like I have spent the last twenty uh, five ish years trying to run from middle school. Mm. So how did the two of you come to embrace it? so deeply i don't know if it's ever <laughs> if we'll ever fully embrace it because it's just a time of horror but we decided to start talking about it and sharing it um with each other yeah it just was for both of us the most traumatic time so it was you know a topic that anna and i are very drawn to trauma <laughs> <and> <laughs> talking about it and finding the humor in it and processing it so uh, that was sort of where our heads just went for a long time my mother-in-law is a marriage and family therapist, and, and she helped found this organization called Girl Circle, mm. where adolescent girls get together to, like, work through their problems together and emotional, <laughs> emotional challenges. And um, she was explaining to me one day a few years ago that, like, one of the big problems with middle school is that because it's 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, which is, you know, one of the most sensitive times in people's lives where the most change is happening mm-hmm. – and also because there, it's such a small group of ages. There is very little social modeling, so the sixth graders don't have anyone to model for, and mm. the eighth graders don't have anyone to model for them, and so that basically turns it into Lord of the Flies. <laughs> like, that part of it, just the happenstance that in you know 1867 somebody decided to chop this three years out of the middle of education uh, means that you're just completely flying blind for those three years of your life. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty strange. And I think that that's, you know, where for us the humor comes from in terms of like your brain for the first time changing from child and actually like neurologically more able to process adult things that you actually couldn't before, but the, that you do not have the skills to cope with. So you're just pretending. You're flying blind, like you said. And there's a lot of, for us, humor in that type of character where it's like, I know how to do this, and you don't know how to do this. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And also the just the straddling between childhood and adulthood or tweendom is like mm-hmm. such a ripe 
moment for all these this pain and mm-hmm. and uh, holding on to your childhood because you want to still be loved by your parents and you think that's the only way to be loved and yet you want to also experience sexual things but you don't know how to do that so it's just a time of a lot of fumbling around yeah a lot of mess ups do the two of you have a like a a a familiar or easy to access relationship with that part of your life um or has it disappeared into the mists of time it feels very present for me (laughs) yeah me too and i think Part of, you know, Maya and I became like real life best friends maybe 12 years ago. And I'm realizing now how much I was drawn to her because of her honesty. And um, I'm kind of the same way. Mm -hmm. I think like there's an oversharing thing that can sometimes be a problem. (laughs) (laughs) But it was so refreshing to me. Here's this woman that is like talented and funny and nice and all those things. And then she's also talking about masturbation and it's funny and real. And it scared me at the time too. I was like, oh my God, she's talking about these things that other women around me at least aren't talking about. And, and, and it's important, but I guess I didn't even know that it was important at that time. I was just like, that's funny. And, I think same here, except for me, the way for me to deal with the shame that I had around things that I was going through at the age of 13, like masturbation and getting my period and being ashamed of that, um, the way that I processed it was by talking about it in a funny way. And that happened in college. And when people didn't run away with disgust and throw rocks at me, I was like, (laughs) oh, okay, this is okay to talk about. This works. But I still don't, I think I'm still learning to feel good about it. Like, it's not like it cured it uh, in a year. It's just. Yeah. And weirdly for me, I think, and this is sort of like a fateful thing, but my shame of that age with like stuff that was going on with my parents and them fighting that was a secret for me and then not feeling lovable and that all kind of began at that age and and I also like would joke about it like a right. dark sense of humor would like joke about it and talk about it too much and so there's something bonding in that mm-hmm. time kind of has been very visceral I think for us always did either of you have the kind of middle school where you have to undress in front of your classmates, like in a locker room or something? Mm-hmm. I didn't. Where did you undress? <laughs> I, we we had bathrooms. Um, stalls. No, just not stalls, actually. They were single bathrooms, and people would change at different times into their P.E. shorts and shirts. When, some, when you had gym class, we didn't people... have a locker room. Oh, that's peculiar. It was. I, had, I had the same experience. I went to a very small middle school. Mm. The the, con- the self-consciousness I remember about it was that it was a private school and uh, all the other kids – I was like the scholarship kid and all the other kids, you had to buy school clothes to wear for a gym, like T-shirts and sweatshirts and sweatpants. Mm. And like my parents could only afford to buy me one set of them. Oh, and all the other yeah. kids had like a broad Nine. variety right, of them. Right, 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 right. Different <laughs> yeah. sizes. I want to go back. But that seems that. way less bad than checking out who does and doesn't have pubes. Yeah, I didn't. I ne- we never got like totally naked that I can remember. <laughs> but there, but I may have blocked it out. Um, there were showers. People, some people would shower, but like I was private. 
with it. You know, I would like I was self-conscious, you know, and but I do remember wearing the rip away pants um, in and they were like knock off Adidas in gym. And then like boys would pull mm. like rip them open. And I remember wearing a thong for one of the first times and, and not being outed. And everyone's like, oh, and the but, teacher laughed too. Right. I was like, this this is you, wrong. You get really skilled at hiding or maybe you think you're skilled at hiding your body parts as you're changing. Because I do mm-hmm. remember I had my period and I would uh, wear um, or I created my own pads with toilet paper that would be these thick books of um, paper <laughs> stashed in my underwear. And I, you know, it would push it out low to my knees basically and so I would have to (laughs) I would have to learn how to in front of girls if we were changing Mm -hmm. at a store or something hide that and you know right I think I got away with it yeah (laughs) when you say you had your own homemade pads Mm -hmm. was that because you did not have access to other products commercially made ones yeah i didn't tell my parents and so and i didn't tell anyone i was so you didn't tell your parents about aunt flo coming to visit nope i hid it for a year and then i remember telling them as if it was the first time i got it and they took me out to dinner and you know gave me a necklace i was like the cheap one but i was like thanks guys yeah when i felt prepared but i my mom still thinks I'm lying to this day that I lied about it. She thinks really? I'm showing off to friends when I say it. I'm like, no, I actually lied. Um, but I yeah, mean, so, we're not technically friends, but I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would roll, yeah, toilet paper because um, it was just my instinct to do that. And it was a good instinct. I didn't want to stick a tampon in. No, I, didn't, I wasn't ready to learn. Scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, on the other hand, told my mom I got my period late compared to friends. And, like, once a year for, like, four years, I'd be like, I think I got it. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. That needs to go in there. Yeah. And I'd be like, still no, still no. And then finally I got it and she bought me, like, special underwear at Victoria's Secret. So there's that. (laughs) Two opposite Two opposite. Yin and yang. Yin and yang. Yin and yang. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are Anna Conkle and Maya Erskine, creators of the Hulu show Pen15. Were either of you concerned with violence of any kind when you were in middle school? I mean, within the schools or just in general? Or, yes, or in general. My, my parents fought a lot, which is in the show. Um, so I think I, I was really used to, you know a home where behind closed doors it was crazy and unhappy but the norm and what they taught me and and I know they feel bad about that now is is you go to school and you confront the public with a very happy face and if anyone asks you how how are your parents or how's you say great but then with that said I did start asking to see a therapist when I was like 11 <laughs> so Aww. I would tell my therapist and they were supportive yeah. um but that was that was the majority of of the of the biggest conflict in my life, probably. I was never afraid of physical violence, just mental violence from the girls. <laughs> I think that's a that's a girl thing that I didn't have to deal with as a as a boy, largely. It can be pretty vicious, yeah, and complex at that age. Yeah, I'm remembering and I would I oh, I actually I was kind of like scared of violence, weirdly, like when I was in fourth, right. this has gone something when I was in 
fourth grade, there was a fifth grader who told me that all the fifth graders wanted to beat me up. That's crazy. <laughs> this after school program, which was like this woman whose house we would go to. It was really nice. And she was like, yeah, I, I hate to tell you this, but all the fifth graders want to beat your <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> I was so sensitive. I took it so seriously. And for months, every time, I just remember being in line in elementary school because you'd walk to the art class in line. You'd walk to gym in line, whatever. Like walking in line and then the fifth graders would all walk in line. And in my mind, they were all just like glaring at me, you know, and just wanted to beat my ass. Like a prison yard? Like a prison yard, yeah. And I didn't know why, and she wouldn't tell me why, and I told my friends, like, this this is what, I don't know why. And then eventually, months later, I brought it up again. She's like, oh, that, yeah, no, 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 my, my older sister did that to me when I was in fourth grade. I made that up. That's psychotic. Yeah. And then someone else told me they were going to kill me. <gasps> they were going to kill me. They were going to kill me, and I was a freshman in high school if I went to prom with a certain person. That she she goes, if you come to prom, you better bring a grave because you're going to die. <laughs> wow, you got a lot of Death threats. threats. You got I was of... very scared of that, too. I mean, there, that's a lot of violence in your life. <laughs> that last one, too, also feels like a riddle of some kind. <laughs> like, how do you bring a grave exactly? Bullies can be smart. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. That's what makes them scary. Yeah. You better bring a grave. I know it's a good line, it stuck with me. Yeah. How could it Kudos not? to her. <laughs> More with Pen15's Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle after a quick break. When we come back, Maya and Anna cast Richard Karn to play Maya's dad. Richard Karn, of course, you probably know as Al from Home Improvement. And they'll tell me why they wanted Al from Home Improvement for the part. It's Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Squarespace. Squarespace allows small businesses to design and build their own websites using customizable layouts and features including e-commerce functionality and mobile editing. Squarespace also offers built-in search engine optimization to help you develop an online presence. Go to squarespace.com NPR for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code NPR to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. On the new episode of Invisibilia, our relationship to uncertainty. What do you do when you have no idea what to do? Maybe everything that we've thought was right is wrong. Maybe we're living life upside down. I I don't know. That's up next on Invisibilia. Welcome back to Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are Anna Conkle and Maya Erskine. They co-created and star in the show Pen15. It's a brutally honest comedy about middle school. Streaming now on Hulu. Let's hear another clip from uh, Pen15, the new show from my guests, uh, Anna Conkle and Maya Erskine. So in this clip, Maya is going to ask out one of two boys that she thinks has a crush on her. Turns out they don't have a crush on her, and they just called her Eugis, which stands for the ugliest girl in school. No, they're right. I am ugly. I'm a freaking freak. Like, I'm Eugis. Maya, <laughs> if Eugis means beautiful unicorn, then yeah, you 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 are Eugis. Then yeah, you are. No, not. Do yeah. you understand? Like, I'm the ugliest girl in school. Do you get that in your school? 
Like, to love me is the biggest insult. Like, that's what it means. <laughs> then I guess, you know, I've been insulted the greatest. <laughs> oh, poor oh. little my my. That line makes me laugh. <laughs> Which then one? I've been insulted the greatest. It's just <laughs> such I mean an Anna. I mean, what, Way to take it. <laughs> what's amazing about it to me is obviously the two of you are playing middle schoolers here and you have to balance as actors, as adult actors, the depth, the sincere depth of feeling that middle schoolers bring to anything, mm-hmm. watching cartoons after school, anything, mm-hmm. with this just painfully inelegant and ineloquent you know there's a there's a point in the first one where um uh, where anna you say to you say to maya that she's the rainbow gel pen mm. and everyone else is a black or blue writing implement yeah yeah <laughs> and, like that's about as close as it gets to a jokey joke in the show right but, yeah but that said like the What's amazing about it is that it is such a deeply sincere feeling expressed so so inelegantly. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. I think that something that I continue to rediscover is how not far away from that I feel now at 31 and how I get better at faking it, essentially. I know, you know... If I slouch too much in the wrong place, like I'm going to look more insecure or I'm going to look as insecure as I feel or whatever. And and I think by the I was really afraid of playing 13 because of it being inauthentic and feeling like a big sketch and being silly and blah, 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 and not wanting it to go that route. But by the end of going like, oh, I right or wrong, this feels very close to who I am now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And I think that. You know, Maya and I in real life are extremely close and share just about everything there is. And so, you know, that's a huge gift to be able to act with her in the show and express, you know, I'm I want to protect you and I want to be there and, and vice versa. I mean, there was so many like helpful layers in the show. Oh, yeah. You know, without even trying for us because our friendship is so deep and Mm -hmm. complex and beautiful and supportive. And yet, you know, so (laughs) just doing a scene with you, our dynamic comes through very easily. Yeah. um, I feel like in each scene. Yeah, I agree. How does it look to have adults standing next to children. Right. Yeah. Pretending to be children. Yeah. Like, how does that look and feel? How do you address kissing? Yeah. How do you address the fact that you're probably bigger than children? Right. Like, all these just regular things. So what have you learned about those regular things in making a season of the show? I mean, I think there's also a difference with men around kids as opposed to women. So there is a slight advantage I think in that way of but we still had to talk at length about the scenes where you know because Anna Sam and I really wanted to show middle school as it was so that does mean kissing that does mean sexual hookups but we don't want to ever 
do that with kids or put kids in that situation, mm-hmm. of course. So it and then, was. But we oh, also yeah. didn't want it to like just piggybacking be a sketch and have it feel like now this is the joke. Of, right. Like, yeah. We wanted going, it yeah. to feel real and not take you out, but also keep the audience feeling safe that they're not taken out because they're worrying about the kids' safety. So um, we talked at length about different ways cinematically how to capture, for example, Anna's first kiss without it feeling like a joke or wrong. wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a risk, but doing it in close-ups and having a body double, which actually happened to be Anna's boyfriend, Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, For our at-home listeners, Anna smiled fondly. <laughs> Alex Sandfinger. Alex Sandfinger, who I went to high school with, and yeah. he's a brilliant creator and actor. Mm-hmm. Um that seemed to work, and I think yeah. when we go on for future seasons, if we get that look, hopefully, um, we're going to try to encounter other sexual, more advanced situations, and that's where we'll most likely either use adults in those roles or um, find some other way we can tackle it without making kids uncomfortable. What about as actors? Um, Like one of the things that I find most impressive about the show is that you, each of you, neither feel like you are doing a sketch comedy character nor like you are doing a what I would broadly describe as a one-man show character, mm. you know, that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. where you're like, take, I mean, it's, it can be a remarkable right. type of thing, you know, anybody yeah. who's seen Anna DeVere Smith can right. see yeah. how remarkable Unreal. it can be Lily that Tomlin. she can transform herself yeah. with a few signifiers almost like a caricaturist. Totally. Right. But um, but that feeling of, of like, uh, of theatricality uh, or mannered falseness mm. Um, is absent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also doesn't feel like you're just doing a bit. Um, Thank you. So what, what do you have to do as an actor to ach- achieve that when you're standing next to actual awkward children? <laughs> I feel like so much of the work was just like they did just being in that environment and the proper clothes and the proper makeup and, you know, the extra hairs on the on the eyebrows and taking all the makeup off instead of putting it on, which is what we're so used to. So extra hairs in the eyebrows? On the eyebrows and, and my head. Yeah, mustache Adding hairs. Mine, yeah. And then we strapped our what, massive... They, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> no, still on yeah, those yeah, eyebrows. Like... How do you add hairs to your eyebrows? Like, uh, they're almost like, um, they're tiny little hairs that are cut up and with glue, sort of like how people put on false eyelashes. They would just one by one place them on our eyebrows. eyebrows. And they painted my mustache, which blended well with, I grew mine out as well. Mm -hmm. Because I have a furry face. Or I did. I don't anymore. Wink, wink. Um. (laughs) Wait, like they painted your natural mustache? Like they colored your hairs to stand (laughs) out more? So I had some <laughs> short stubs coming out, uh-huh. um, and then they, that are real. That are real. Okay, just clarifying. And um, and then they she used brown paint and just you know painted accentuated my, them. Yeah, yeah. I think also, and Sam, Anna, and I approach try to approach everything with as much honesty as possible. So. Uh, every scene as an actor would be approached with just 
being as honest and truthful as possible in the moment. And I think, you know, th- that is a way in to not gear towards sketch or caricature or yeah. and I making fun of it. Yeah. And I don't want to speak for you in saying this, but I know that, like, I felt like a hack while we were doing it because mm-hmm. who am I at 31 to play a 13-year-old and, auth- and honestly and authentically right. – but, but I almost to do felt it. like I was playing my own age in a way. Like I was being myself without any of Secrets. the adult uh, facade. Mm. Like it was really just our true selves. Yeah, I relate to that too. <laughs> but yeah, definitely was questioning our acting at every moment. I'm Jesse Thorne. You're listening to Bullseye. Here with me now, Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle. The pair created and star in the show Pen15, which is streaming now on Hulu. Maya, I read that you went to a, a party as an adult that had people from your middle school at it. Crossroads, yeah. And while I am, I am friendly with some people that I was friends with in middle school, mm-hmm. that particular thing is my worst nightmare. Oh, yeah. With no, I don't mean, they're all lovely people that I went to no, middle no, school no, with. Of Not course. because of that. So I can't imagine having to deal with the reality of middle school as an adult. Right. And it's such, I mean, Anna didn't even grow up here or know these kids, but she was immediately, I'm outing you, but yeah. you were just as intimidated as yeah. I was around them because they're so close-knit and the dynamic from middle school is still there as adults. So you instantly revert back to, I'm not good enough. I can't talk to these people. I'm, you know, a right. fool and I'm yeah. ugly and whatever. Yeah. And that definitely inspired us for the idea of never leaving seventh grade. Yeah. And I, yeah. And it's the same ability to just revert at any time. I sometimes feel it around my parents when I'm around them and I'm like, same. oh, I'm, I'm acting like a teenager or I go back to my town and it's Thanksgiving and everybody goes to the same bar and it doesn't matter that everyone looks different and is different. It's still those two, the first name and the last name, and it makes you feel a certain Mm -hmm. feeling. I want to play another clip from Pen15. So in this clip, Maya's dad, who's played by Richard Karn, uh, tries to teach Maya how to play drums on a laundry basket. Okay, so... Start playing. Okay, just don't say it like that. I I didn't say it like anything. Yes, you did. Can you just shut up for a second? Because I was about to play and you're messing me up. Maya, just come on. Calm down. I am calm, Dad. I'm just trying to play for you, so can you, like, stop? Don't look at me like that. It's going to mess me up. Look away. Don't look at the drum. Literally look at that wall over there and listen. Dad. Okay. Uh, all right, I, I, I gotta stop you. Oh, You're holding the mallets wrong. God. You, you know, let me show Dad. you. This is why I didn't want to do this. If you with can't you. play for me, how are you gonna play for everyone else? I don't know because not everyone's in like a professional Steely Dan cover band, Dad. And they never will be if they don't know how to practice. Oh, no! No, there's something because of you. Oh, fine. It's all because of me. Get out. Fine. I, I, I looked at you wrong. Yeah. Shut up, Maya. (laughs) I love that. Oh, it's just, it's hard to listen to, much less watch, because it reminds you of the overwhelm that you feel as as an adolescent. Mm -hmm. Or if you had a sister growing up, the 
the whining and the tantrums from <laughs> I feel like a lot of uh, people on set were like like Gabe Leadman our, our showrunner he was like My, that is I heard all of those screams all the time growing up and mm. it's just PTSD right now <laughs> um, your parents on the show Maya are played by your mom yes and Richard Karn yes uh, the star of Home Improvement mm-hmm that is a very two very particular acting choices. They're both wonderful on the show. They are. But I imagine that they didn't come from cattle calls. No. Absolutely not. No. I read recently someone someone called it a carnaissance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I loved. I love it too. He's so good in it. He is. That was an offer, and I'm so glad that he accepted and That's did it. That's Richard Karn? Mm-hmm. Richard Or Karn. your mom? My mom was straight mom up offered, to too. Audition. She had to audition for the pilot presentation, and, you know, I made about 30 tapes with her in her living room directing her. And but Maya, it, it, in, outside of whether they auditioned or got offers, sure. you're making two very particular choices there <laughs> in casting yeah. your own actual parent. Yeah. And casting, you know, one of the things about being on a hit sitcom is that you carry with you this television friend uh, that everyone had right. for the rest of your life as a performer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's a very gifted actor and also a very gifted host, which is what he's done at least as much of yeah. since those days. But, um, you know, it's... You have we're making a show set in 2000 and you cast one of the stars of Home Improvement. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I think that, you know, one, he was willing to um, we like begged him to come in and read for us. And he eventually did. Um, But there were two things going on where it was like he reminded us of Maya's real dad because we were trying to like recreate these memories. And then. On top of that, see him in a role that we hadn't seen him in so that as opposed to, you know, casting um, from a place of like, you we know, we didn't want to stunt cast with a celebrity right. just because they were a celebrity. There was something we wanted to of, cast the right person. He had a, there was an essence there that reminded us of my real dad. Yeah, exactly. And then and then it was just like an added bonus that there was maybe mm-hmm. this nostalgic feeling with him as well that you maybe you wouldn't be able to put your finger on. Is that is he reminding me of my dad? Is he reminding me of that time or whatever? And then and then on top of that, he's just a really talented actor. And so it all lined up so serendipitously. That was a really hard part to cast. Mm-hmm. We're so lucky we got him. One of my most vivid memories of middle school is uh, the girls in the back of a van uh, doing seventeen magazine quizzes with each other, <laughs> and I we loaded up this quiz: "Are you really best friends?" from Seventeen mm. Magazine. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, so the first question is: You know that your friend's crush isn't interested in them, but they still plan on asking them out. What do you do? Your choices are: say nothing. You don't want to risk your friend getting mad at you or explain why it might just end up hurting them in the end. I tell my friend. I would tell my friend slowly but surely. Yeah. Okay. That happened to me, but they said the exact words, which was, would you go out with Maya? Hell no, that ugly And she reported it back word for word. Seemed like could have used some softening. Exactly. I think so. (laughs) Your bud wasn't invited to the biggest party of the year, but you were. You... Ask if they can come with or refuse to go without them. 
This sort of happened recently. Yeah, I feel like as a kid, it would have been B. And as an adult, it's, it's A. It's to go out. Yeah. As you're leaving to meet your bud for a movie, your crush calls. They want to hang with you at the arcade next door to the movie theater. You text your friend and ask if you would if they would be chill with you bailing for your crush or tell your crush you already have plans. I would as do As an C. adult tell your crush you already have plans. But as a kid I might be like, "Bye." <laughs> I would do I would do C, which is try to see if my friend would come with me to the arcade. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I don't know what that says oh. about me, but that would definitely be my, my I like way. That. Your third wheel in it all the way. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm all about a third wheel. <laughs> You're hanging with your friend on the couch and the conversation dies down. So you try and think of something to say so no one gets bored <laughs> or enjoy the silence. You're fine just chilling quietly together. Enjoy the silence. Yeah, we don't need to yeah. <laughs> talk <No>. always. <laughs> Maya, Maya and Anna, because you answered mostly with the right, <laughs> you're the best friend in their life. You constantly make the effort to show how much you value your friendship. You're honest with your friend and are there for the ups and downs. Oh. You both plan to make this friendship last a lifetime, so you might as well start looking at joint retirement packages now. <laughs> <laughs> that was so amazing. That was really great. I loved wow. that. Thank, thank you. you. Anna and Maya, thank you so much for joining me on Bullseye. It was really nice to talk to you, and I really loved your show. Congratulations on it. Thanks thank so much you for so having much. us. Yeah. Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle, everyone. Pen15 is great, uh, incredibly original, brilliantly funny. I was the best middle school thing since Welcome to the Dollhouse. You can watch it now on Hulu. We've come to the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye recorded at MaximumFun.org World Headquarters overlooking MacArthur Park in beautiful Los Angeles, California, uh, where, according to my notes on this paper, we have had a New York City transit bus parked right outside our office, along with a couple of uh, checker cabs. So, and again, I'm just reading from my notes. It looks like the Big Apple has come to the City of Angels. Thanks for making me say that, Kevin. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones, along with our producer, the aforementioned Kevin Ferguson. Jesus Ambrosio is our associate producer. We have help from Casey O'Brien here in the office, and our production fellow at MaxFun is Jordan Cowling. Our interstitial music is by DJW, the great Dan Wally. Our thanks to him for sharing it with us. Great guy, Dan Wally. Our theme song is called Huddle Formation. It's by the band The Go Team. They let us use that, and uh, so did their label, Memphis Industries, so we thank both of them. You should run out and buy yourself a Go Team album. And before you go, I've been making this show for decades. Almost decades. Decade and three quarters or something. Hundreds and hundreds of interviews. Uh, Pretty much every one of those is on our website at MaximumFun.org. You can also find them in your favorite podcasting app. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, where we post all of our recent interviews, including all of the segments from today's show. Uh, You can hear them all uh, just by searching for uh, Bullseye with Jesse Thorne on YouTube. And I guess that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.